Energy Maker Show with Chris Thewitt. Chris Thewitt is an internationally recognized high-performance coach, educator, and author of two best-selling books, The Tennis Technique Bible and The Secrets of Spanish Tennis. Tune in weekly as Chris answers questions live from around the world and discusses topics in junior development, technical and tactical training, Spanish tennis methods, and philosophies, and more. The Prodigy Maker Show is primarily focused on high-performance junior training and how to help children maximize their potential. The program features intelligent insight from Chris and debate from leaders in the high-performance industry. The show can be watched live on Chris's Facebook profile, and video versions of the show are archived at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt. And now, here's Chris. Hey, what's up, amigos? It's Chris Lewitt here with The Prodigy Maker Show, episode 48. How are you guys? It's good to be back. 48th episode, not bad, over a couple year stint here. I'm chilling in Manchester, Vermont. I'm in the carriage house right now. Uh, it's it's nighttime, so I can't really show you all the cool stuff here. But this is where the players and families stay when they come to visit. And just kind of chilling this week, doing a little coaching, spending a lot of time with the family and kids. It's pandemic homeschool land at the Lewitt household. So I got a lot of responsibilities with schooling here. And I got a little break in the family schedule to do a show with you guys. And so I'm excited to get to spend some time with you. We're going to talk some volleys today, but particularly the Spanish volley. Uh, volleys, the Spanish way. Could talk about Spanish volley principles and philosophy. I thought that might be interesting. Not a topic that's covered very frequently by uh commentators and you don't see many articles written about volleying the spanish way you hear a lot about the spanish ground strokes and their footwork and things like that their consistency made with the big spanish forehand all the things i've written about in my book the secrets of spanish tennis but the volley doesn't really get much attention i think there's some myths regarding spanish tennis and the volley that I, I hope to maybe clarify uh, the truth regarding some of these myths. One of them is that Spanish players cannot volley. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that in a moment. And I just wanted to talk about how Spanish coaches and players view, view the volley and the net game, how they approach it, I guess pun intended, how they approach it, the net, and maybe even get into a little bit of the like the technique of Tony Nadal or uh, Luis Bruguera, Pato Alvarez, some of the legends whom I've studied with. You know, I think the best way to talk about the volley in that game is probably to go through the individual approaches and philosophies of those great coaches who shaped the game in Spain because it's not a monolithic coaching system in Spain. Sometimes we call it the Spanish method, but it really is fragmented ar around the country. There is a common vibe and a common, mm, there is a lot of commonalities in, in their method, methodology and methods. But of course, depending on the guru and the, the, the great coaches there, they have, they, they're not always the same in the way they approach certain aspects of the game. So I think the way Tony Nadal and Luis Bruguera and Pato Alvarez, the way they approach building the net game is very different 
in some respects. So I'd like to talk about some of the the differences, and we can also try to touch on some similarities. So if you have any volley questions, if you'd like to talk the volley, particularly in a Spanish context, please uh, shoot me a message. And this show is about junior development and high-performance training. I'm trying to do the show now couple times a month on the pandemics. I'm on the pandemic schedule. <laughs> Used to be four times a month and my productivity is going down with this pandemic. So I, I'm sure a lot of you, a lot of you who own their own business or are trying to work during the pandemic and if you have kids are probably feeling the same effect, the, the loss of productivity. So I'm down to two times a month, hope, hoping to get to two or three shows per month, guys. Uh, I hope you appreciate that. At least we're maintaining the program and we're not shutting down completely like everything seems to be going on lockdown soon so we're not locked down here okay so the volley in the spanish context volleying the spanish way well i'll tell you tell you one thing let's let's hit that myth that i mentioned that spanish players don't volley or they can't volley the fact of the matter is that most spanish players have very good volleys unless they were trained by a very old school Spanish coach or or someone in Spain who 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 teaches sort of the the traditional the very very traditional way in Spain they're going to they're going to have good volleys now maybe 20 or 30 years ago if you said hey I'm playing a Spanish guy it's probably a good chance their volleys are not so good and you could maybe exploit that and bring them to net and get them out of their comfort zone. But nowadays in the modern game, the modern Spanish player can volley well and they usually have a very complete game. So there is definitely an evolution in Spain from traditional to modern, something that I talk about and I write about a lot. The The subject of this podcast and this show is is a new article that I'm actually working on for New York Tennis Magazine uh, for next, I think it's coming out next month. So I write for them every uh, bi-monthly. And so sometimes I take the contents of my, uh, something I'm working on in my writing and I, I bring it to the show. So this is an area where I think there's a lot of, there, I go into more detail in the, in the article for the magazine, but I'll try to touch on some of the important aspects here. But there is a definite myth that Spanish players can't volley that that is um that is sort of the old way in Spain and the new way the more modern way is typified by players who are complete and players who can transition well they can rise to the net well as as I like to say they love they love the saying rise you can rise up to the net well tony nadal uses that phraseology a lot can rise up to the net well they can complete uh, the point, they can finish the point well with good volleys. Rafa can do that. All of the Spanish great players can do that. If you think uh, of the top guys now, they all have a lot, they all have com complete games now. You know, you think of uh, Carreño Busta, you think of uh, who's at the top now. All the best Spanish players who are in the top 100, they, they, they are much more complete than they ever were. So that's number one, that Spanish players can volley and coaches teach the volley, especially nowadays. Now, the one system in Spain that I would say, near and dear to my heart, the Bruguera system, uh, from my old friend and mentor, Luis Bruguera, is probably the most, 
I don't want to say volley deficient, but probably spends the least amount of time training the volley. And I think it's probably a deficit in their system. They could spend more time developing that complete game. So that is a knock, uh, a criticism that the Bruguera style, the Bruguera method um, receives sometimes. Uh, they, it's very heavily ground stroke based, a la the traditional Spanish uh, mode. And they don't do that much volley. You know, they play doubles on Friday, maybe a little bit in the drills, but, but, but most of the emphasis, the, the spotlight, the, the main focus is on the, the bread and butter, baby, the, the forehand, especially the forehand. Uh, Bruguera system develops a great form and the you know solid backhand and good movement and baseline work so that that is the crux of the Bruguera style and of course many coaches copy that style in Spain because the Bruguera name and the Bruguera family is such a powerful influential family in Spain so there are many coaches who who still I think teach that style and I would say it's a little more traditional traditional Spanish in the sense that the volley is not, I don't want to make another pun, but it's like that, the forefront, you know, it's, it's not in the front court. The volley is not front and center. It's, it's could, I don't, I don't want to say an afterthought, but you guys know what I'm saying. It's possible to go through the Bruguera system and and come out the other side after years and not being super comfortable at net. Like I could totally see that happening to a junior player going through the Bruguera system. I mean, Luis might not like if I, I say that, but he probably disagree with me. But I, I think that's an, as objectively as I can, I would say that that's what happens in that style. Now, if you compare that to the system of Pato Alvarez, which is the Sanchez-Casal system, many of you may know the Sanchez Casal Academy in Spain, which is a pretty well-known academy in Spain, and now around the world, also in China and in the U.S. here. The volley is front and center in that system. So that is a big difference. So when you say, oh, Spanish players can't do this, can't do that, you have to identify what system you're talking about. If you go to Mallorca, We'll talk about Tony Nadal's system, the Nadal Academy. Much more complete game-oriented, in my opinion. If you go down to Valencia, Alicante, uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero's system, you know, the system that they use at Equilite, uh, the system that they use in, in Valencia, you see uh, styles in the, like in Valencia, you know, at, at Lozano Altur, yeah, they may be a little more baseline folks. You know, depends on the academy. But you, my point is, there's these trends, lineages, and if you follow the trend line, if you follow the lineage line generationally, or you look who the guru is, you're gonna see uh, coaches who a little more Bruguera style is gonna be a little less net, and coaches who are trained in the Sanchez Casal model. Um, the Sanchez Casal philosophy, which is the Pato Alvarez, the William Pato Alvarez philosophy. If you follow that trend line, it's going to be a lot more volley proficiency. 
depends on the part of your country that you're in. Depends on the, where the coach trained and who the coach mentored with, understudied with. So Sanchez Casals is very volley-oriented. You know, Emilio Sanchez and Sergio Casal were the number one doubles team in the world. A lot of people don't realize that. That in Spain, they've had a number of tremendous doubles players. You have even now Mark Lopez, Feliciano Lopez, both excellent doubles players. Marcel Granoliers is another one. I was looking online and see who's who's still on tour now and who's in the doubles rankings. Granoliers is really good doubles, you know, Lopez, I think, would hit number three in the world in doubles. Feliciano Lopez is an unbelievable all-court player, net player. Won, he won the French Open with Mark Lopez in 2016, I believe, in doubles. And Emilio and Sergio were number one in the world in doubles. There's a lineage of great doubles players from Spain, which a lot of people don't realize. They just figure it's Spanish players baseliners, grinders. There are a number of really good volleyers from Spain. And I think you see, not coincidentally, the best, some of the best volleyers coming out of the Sanchez-Casal system. Players who can volley really well come from there because that system, that method, a lot of the drills involve the volley. So Pato Alvarez had the philosophy that you'd work on the volley and the transitional shots every day in your buckets, in your baskets. And so that is part of the daily nutrition, the part of the daily bread that you eat at Sanchez Casal. And I would submit to you guys that that's different than at Bruguera Academy, which is not far down the road in Barcelona, where I don't think you're going to have that same nutrition. You're not going to digest volleys every day within a systematic approach. It's a little more piecemeal, a little more uh, added on at the end of the week, at the end of the day, not as much uh, core of the drilling system, of the coaching philosophy. So I think that's important to make that differentiation. And you, know, you may you may not believe the volley is as important as, it, as uh, you know, Sanchez Casal believes it is. And you may prefer more of a Bruguera approach where, you know, Bruguera, you, you can spend 90% of your, your week on building that massive forehand. And you may not need to volley that much except for a Friday doubles match. And maybe that's, all not, maybe that's okay for you. But with that kind of system, that kind of approach, that kind of philosophy, you can imagine after five or six years or whatever the time frame is, the player at the end of that road is different than a player who's doing volley and transition drills every day as part of their daily nutrition, right? So the system matters in terms of what you get at the end of the rainbow, at the end of the journey, what type of player you output, you produce. Best example I can give you guys is that if you look back, if some of you who remember the way Emilio Sanchez played was a great player, reached I think seven in the world if you compare his style to the style of Sergio Bruguera another superstar player from the 80s and 90s both those guys were contemporaries Bruguera is very much 
more baseline oriented. He had good volleys, but didn't come in as much, wasn't as much of an all-court player, a complete player. And Emilio Sanchez was, and I think part of that, part of that's pers- maybe personality, you could argue, but also part of it is definitely the influence of their coach, Pato Alvarez, in the case of Emilio Sanchez, and Luis Bruguer in the case of Sergi. And the way they, the, what type of drills they did every day, what type of exercises, the system that, you know, the methodology that, methodology that was used uh, on a day-to-day basis with them. So I think that's, that's a clear delineation there. You can kind of try to digest that and use those examples to help you understand uh, some subtle or not so subtle difference between those systems. Even though this, there are a lot of similarities between those systems, that is one difference between Bruguera and Sanchez Casal and, and Pato Alvarez. So we could talk about which one has more merit, whether one's right or one's wrong, but I would submit to you guys the more modern approach that's gaining momentum in Spain is definitely more of the complete game, the volley. You see that much more down in in uh, Valencia, Alicante area, in Vienna, at, at Equilite, Juan Carlos Ferrero, the big, big focus on the complete game, you know. Uh, you see players from that part of the country coming out a little more complete, a little more clean in the technique, uh, versus a Bruguera-type player might have uh, more of the classic Spanish style, a little more grind, a little more heavy, heavy uh, maybe more extreme grips, are allowed in the Bruguera system more hanging back in the back of the court to play to grind more and to play heavy top, heavy RPM, heavy heavy effect, you know, uh, mucho efecto, big spin, and the you, you see players coming from Valencia, Alicante, David Ferrer is another example, David Ferrer Academy, who are a bit, bit cleaner in the technique, more all court, play a little more closer to the baseline can transition a little better. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking broadly here, but I think that that is a pretty fair characterization of the different styles. From you're, going, you're moving from two academies in Barcelona down to Ferrer's Academy in uh, Alicante. Ferrer's in Alicante, I believe. Maybe Valencia, Alicante. Ferrer's in Alicante. And... Juan Carlos Ferrero, who is uh, also outside of Alicante in, in Vienna, and and uh, Lozano Altour is a little more, tra- probably a little more traditional in my 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 view. That he's in Valencia, their academies in Valencia. Uh, these are some of the, most of the some of the big name, high performance places in Spain. More in Barcelona, you have uh, Sanchez Casal, and you have Bruguera, and you have some others. Uh, BTT is another one. Barcelona Total Tennis, definitely more modern, more all-court, more complete game-oriented. I think Bruguer is the one that stands out to me as a little more classic in terms of not as much focus on the volley, much more emphasis on consistency and grinding from the back, even though that is part of all Spanish academies, but but it's all about priorities you know, and, and emphasis, so... Uh, by and large, I would say the Bruguer is the most classic in Spain, uh, focusing on the big forehand, the heavy baseline game. And do they work on transition? Sure. They do some volleys? Sure. But it's not 
it's not as as big a priority as it is even nearby in the Sanchez Casal program. So you, you have to understand it. if you're thinking about sending a kid to Spain, that might be in some important information. If you have the goal of developing an all-court player, a, a net player, you Bruguera might not be the best style for your kid. Or if you want your kid to be more, uh, to work more on their movement and grinding and defense and big topspin forehand, Bruguera might be perfect for you. Maybe they don't need to do too much follow work. For example, I just sent one of my students down to Sanchez Casal, and I send a lot of kids to Sanchez Casal, and I send a lot of kids to Bruguera. So I send kids everywhere, and and he was down there, and I really feel that he needs work on his movement and his footwork and his forehand RPM, you know, and, and I was, to be honest, and I love Emilio a lot, I was a little disappointed because I sent him down there. He was there two weeks, and when he came back, you know what he told me that he worked on and improved the most? His volley. And I said to myself, I said to him too, I said, man, I wish they hadn't worked so much on your volley because you really need to work on your movement, your inverted forehand, which is the the runaround forehand, they call it the, the invertido, the drive invertido in Spain. You really need to work on that and your, your gosh, your footwork, your, your, um, your balance around the court. And they didn't work that much on that. They spent a lot of time on the volley. And I said to myself, well, that is, maybe I'm not surprised, but that is definitely a big part of the Sanchez program and philosophy and part of the principles there, you know. So I see some uh, good friends tuning in, uh, posting some questions and comments. Hey, guys, how are you? It's good to see you back on the show. Glad you could tune in live. I know a lot of you guys are not able to tune in live, and I've been my show times have been bouncing around. I apologize for that. If you, we got to get back to a regular show time. We we used to have uh, a lot of regulars tuning in. I think Saturday night, Sunday night, and I'm sorry, guys. We've been bouncing around with the pandemic, and my show times have been all over the map. So I know you guys are enjoying the show uh, on the on the replays you know podcasts and and our youtube channel but it is always nice i remember last year we used to have you know dozens of people live on the on the show and we'd get a nice debate going so i'm sure when we get the showtime showtimes back to normal we'll get that that feeling again so jake sue says how do you encourage volleying when a kid is six years old and can get lobbed easily that's a great question. So I'll tell you another story. That's a good segue uh, with my old coach, uh, my old mentor, uh, coach mentor, Luis Bruguera. And Luis would oftentimes, and I've been witness to it, tell young kids not to go to net very much. You know, he'd say, why do you want to go to net? You know, I, why, he'd tell little kids, you know, to really discourage them. And I'm not sure I, I liked when he did that. But he said, you know, why why you want to go to Ned? You're so little. It's so easy to lob you. You don't have long arms. Uh, he would pose that question to kids. You know, why, why do you want to go there? And I felt it was a little bit... I mean, it made sense, you know, rationally. But, but also, sometimes we want kids to do things that they're not good at so that they can have these skills for later on down the road, which Luis didn't talk about that much. But his, I mean, his point was, you know, try to make the right strategic move. And for little kids, 
usually going to net is not a great strategic move because they're little. They're physically small, they're not, they don't have a height or reach, and so the net becomes a very dangerous place for them. So I think he, in general, he's trying to make that, that pitch, that, that's, uh, that argument with uh, his young players, but at the same time, I think it can be detrimental to a young kid to say that too much because then, then they, they don't, they don't maybe, they don't maybe explore an area that they're going to need later. You know, I'm sure Luis would couch that me- that message as the kids get older. He would frame it a little differently to the kids as they got bigger and stronger, but. You know, I just, I also think that some kids are, they love to go to net, even though they're small, they have this, they have a passion for the net. And I think it's not, not the best approach to discourage them from that. So I don't know how you guys feel about it. Uh, Christian says, I remember Emilio saying, instead of a volley, do a swinging volley when they are younger. Emilio is really good and smart. Uh, swinging volley is good. I think there's, you, you, you want to teach swinging volley to young kids because they often get moon ball. It's a great way to handle a moon ball. And it's just, it's part of the modern game. You got to have a good top swing volley. But I think Jake, to answer your question, you have to, at, you want to teach the kid to be smart so they have to understand that strategically, this may be not a good decision for me to go to net a lot. But at the same time, you might want to say to them, look, you're small. It's going to be a tough p- play for you to go forward. To rise to the net is maybe not the best strategy for you. Because why? Because let's just do the math. The net is 36 feet wide. Um, you know, We have the singles. But you know, basically, you tell them the net is very wide. And you are very, your reach is not very wide, and the the uh, your height is not very good either. Explain that to the kids so they understand that the net is not always a great place to be. Don't lie to them. You know, don't tell them, "Oh, go, 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 go." It's going to be good someday. I mean, you can say someday, but explain to them why it's not such a great strategy right now. But then maybe explain to them why they might want to do it anyway, so that they develop these skills for later on. But I like to have a very open and frank and clear honest discussion with my players as, when they come to net uh, about coming to net and so that they they understand the entire scope of what they're doing i don't like to make them i don't like to fool them or lie to them and say oh the net you should always go there because uh, it's going to be good for you at the net because it's not true and you know it leads me to another tangent another segue where you know one of the biggest commonalities I see across Spain in terms of the volley and teaching the net game is that the net is not always an, a good place to be. That's a common philosophy in Spain. I wrote an article about this a while back. Really good article. It's posted on my blog, prodigymaker.com. Prodigy Maker, let's go. A lot of good stuff on prodigymaker.com. So... This is part two of the Volleys, the Spanish Way show. We lost our power in the last show. Like, all our power went out at our house. So we're going to follow up on the first part of the show and just wrap up and 
talk a little bit about Jose Higueras and Tony Nadal and their system for teaching the volley in the net game. But at the end of part one, before the power went out, I was discussing how it's very typical in Spanish tennis to emphasize going to the net carefully and cautiously and responsibly. That's a very common word. That's a phrase that you hear from Jose Higueras himself a lot, is you go to the net responsibly. So that's different from other countries and other systems where they emphasize aggressiveness, pressuring your opponent by going to the net. If you remember the like the, the old school Australian game where you, you go forward to the net and, and apply pressure at all times. This is a very different concept of the net in Spain. In Spain, it's about being cautious, about being careful, about playing uh, the percentages when you go to net and only attacking the net when the advantage is clearly in your favor. So the idea of just going to the net countless times and applying quote-unquote pressure, I think is antithetical to the Spanish approach to building the net game. And in Spain, the focus is more on, okay, we're going to build the, the point from the back, grind, forehand, backhand, going to work the point, look for our opening, the opening is usually, typically, the forehand. So you're going to look for the big, heavy forehand to move forward behind. So a powerful forehand typically is the entry point to the net. And then you're going to rise to the net for a high percentage volley. Usually a volley that's higher above your waist, uh, between the hip and shoulder, that you can easily put away. Usually the emphasis is on putting the volley away on a short angle. So short, angular, angulado, as they say in Spain, rather than uh, other types of volleys. Now, in, in Spain, they some depending on the the system, the method methodology, depending on the coach guru, they might work on different aspects, nuance at the net, reflex, other types of volleys. But in my experience, typical Spanish approach is to train. One, I don't want to say universal volley, but it's a simple singles type volley. It follows a big forehand. You move in, the player moves in, and you get a volley between your hip and shoulder that you can simply put away on an angle, short. And it's not much more complicated than that. And I think in many ways in Spain, if you're not getting that volley, and I've written about this in several articles, if you're not getting that put away volley, that finishing volley, between the hip and shoulder, you probably did something wrong in terms of structuring the point. So a uh, Spanish coach would probably argue that you don't need that many other volleys for singles because if you play the point well, if you structure the point well, if the point is organized and you enter behind the big forehand, you should really be successful with just that simple uh, medium to high volley put away and that's the one you need to practice the most and so I think the uh, the net game and the volley is built in that, that simple manner with the idea in singles of approaching behind such a strong shot that the volley that you receive is not low below the net it's not stretched wide it's not too difficult and it's a it's the simple finishing volley 
that you need to practice the most and that you will that you should see when you play matches uh, as opposed to some other volley systems uh, other volley teaching methodologies where you practice everything you know I, I think the Ameri there's a lot of American coaches who do that um, a lot of Eastern European coaches sometimes do that Australia I mentioned before where you work everything you work reflex you work lots of uh, touch shots and half volleys and countless other types of volleys like nuance volleys I call them or specialty shots and you you develop um, you know the 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 net game is much more robust or robustly taught in those types of systems in Spain I think in general the volley and the net game are are taught much more simply and the main focus is on using the big forehand to enter and then finishing very simply. So that doesn't mean there are not some coaches in Spain who maybe work more on nuance. I remember studying with Pato Alvarez in Spain and he has a lot of exercises that are reflex, that are a lot of randomized different types of volleys that would serve you better in doubles. And I don't think it's just surprising, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that there are a lot of good doubles players that came out of Pato Alvarez's stable. Pato Alvarez is a very legendary coach in Spain. Uh, and not that many great doubles players coming out of the Bruguera system or Bruguera stable. And I, I think that, that tells you something about where the, the emphasis of those systems lie, where, where they are, what they are highlighting, what they are prioritizing. But in general, just from my travels around the country and visiting many different academies over the years, I've been going to Spain now for 13 years or so, uh, working with different Spanish coaches, studying with different Spanish coaches. In general, the way the Spanish see it is, okay, I'm going to get that short ball. It's probably going to be a forehand because the forehand is the primary weapon. The forehand is the most important shot of the game for someone like Tony Nadal. So I'm going to use my, my forehand, my drive, to enter and rise to the net, and I should achieve a simple put-away volley if I hit my drive well. So it's almost a, a, a net game that's linked very closely to the big forehand. And the forehand is what tees up the volley. So in that way, it's a very simple approach. And if you think about it, if you're a singles player or if you're a coach who's primarily developing uh, singles players, you could save a lot of time by just working on the volley in that context. And, and in Spain, they do like to save time. They do like to be very efficient with the way that they train. So this is an example where you could say, well, it's not that robust a system. It's not that, that uh, it's not a very complete volley or net, net game teaching system, but it's simple and effective, brutally effective, because normally you should be entering behind the forehand, the big shot, that you shouldn't have to hit difficult volleys. You shouldn't be stretching. You shouldn't be getting volleys at your shoelaces too much, too frequently. And I would argue that if you are getting a lot of those types of volleys, your strategy and your movement, your choice, your decision to go to net is probably not the best that it could be. And I'm sure Spanish coaches would agree. So try to think about the volley and net game. Put, put yourself in Spanish coaches' shoes and think about the net game that way. If I'm getting difficult volleys, low volleys, uh, uh, bo body volleys, volleys at my body, volleys where I'm stretching, volleys that I'm in trouble a lot. 
does it mean that my and I'm missing them? Does it mean that my volley is not good, or does it mean that my my tactics maybe are not that good? My my decision to go to the net is not that good. And it comes back to the idea of am I being responsible when I go to net? So I think that's a very important part of the Spanish game: being responsible, making good decisions, and trying to work on that very simple uh, put away volley rather than over-focusing on too many broad aspects of the net game. Uh, so, Tony Nadal and Jose Higueras. These guys are, I think, the best examples of Spanish coaches who are teaching the modern style in Spain. They, they believe in the complete game. They believe still in the, the big forehand, the weapon. But they spend, you know, a lot of time on serve and return, a lot of time on uh, approach and volley, all court. They they have a balance of teaching defense and offense, uh, defending, taking the ball on the fall and taking the ball on the rise. You know, they 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 preach uh, adjusting your court position and especially improving your court position by playing a little closer to the baseline, which facilitates the the net game. The, the ability to transition to the net. You know, in the, for example, in the typical classic Bruguera style, you know, the, in the Bruguera system, the players are allowed to hang back deep in the court, way behind the baseline, and, and more so than in other systems in Spain. And I think because if you allow that, you're not going to have players who are making a lot of moves to the net because they're too deep in the court. It's, it's too hard to transition well effectively if you're playing too deep. So part of being able to move to the net and rise to the net is also teaching uh, to squeeze the court, to, to improve your court position, to play a little closer to the baseline, to take the ball a little more on the rise. And so the, the traditional, I would say, classic Spanish game is not built for that because it's typically uh, angling back into the court, playing sometimes six, eight, ten feet behind the baseline, grinding. That's not conducive to a good transition game forward. It's hard to rise to the net from a deep position. It's, it's, it's not going to work. So I think part of, of developing the net game in Spain and the, the, what the modern guys are doing, like Higueras and, and Tony Nadal, what you see at the Nadal Academy now is is a much more modern approach, complete, all-court, taking the ball earlier because that allows the player to finish more easily at the net. I think you see in the Nadal's development in the last 10, 15 years, if you look at his evolution as a player, gives you a good sense of what's happening in Spain, sort of like a microcosm of what's happening in Spain on a, on a larger level. You could extrapolate Nadal's own personal stylistic journey and apply it writ large across the country of Spain. Because if you look at the old videos of Nadal, he played very much more defensively. He played deeper in the court. And if you watch him over the last years or so recent more recently he's plays more up he takes the ball earlier he goes to net more he strikes a little earlier you know that is something that he's worked on a lot with tony and the rest of his coaching team and i just think that is a, a small example of what's happening all across spain 
you go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of the Spanish players were more, more conservative, played deeper in the court, hang back, you know, not looking to strike at the net as frequently. And now you see that that is evolving uh, gradually, Nadal being the prime example of that. So that's an example of how Tony Nadal is always innovating, always evolving, always developing. Genius coach who's always learning and trying to get better. And you can see it in, in the way that Rafa Nadal is playing even at the professional tour level. But that's happening at many other levels, including the junior level in Spain and in junior development. Uh, when, you, when coaches see Nadal taking the ball earlier and moving to the net earlier, they start to teach that to the players, uh, the juniors coming up in Spain. I mean, I remember reading Nadal's biography or autobiography, and one one statement that he made really stuck in my mind uh, from the book regarding the net game. And he said, sometimes I want to go to the net, but and I have the opportunity to go to the net, but I don't. I don't go yet. I don't hit a winner yet. Or, or, you know, an aggressive shot to go forward yet. I wait. I'm paraphrasing the book, but he, Nadal would say, said in the book, I, I wait, I wait a few more uh, uh, rallies to look for an even better shot that will give me a better percentage at the net. So what Nadal is basically saying is it, it, back then, this is probably circa... 2010 I don't know when the when his when his autobiography was written maybe maybe 10 years back at least I mean he's basically admitting that he could have hit a winner and gone to the net and he would sort of bide his time and wait for an even better opportunity to go for a winner and move forward and rise to the net and I think that's such a great example of how much even in in Nadal's own game he has changed where now I don't think he would admit that I think he would say uh, as soon as I get that first one that I want, I go. And I think that's the big change stylistically in Nadal's game and and also in probably, you know, for sure in the teaching approach of Tony because Tony, you know, models his teaching on what he's done with, with, with Rafael. Uh, that's just a great example of, of maybe a, a broader evolution in Spain where players are striking a little earlier and they're not being as patient. You know, I talked about patience in part one of the show. Maybe the the next trend in Spain more and more is is uh, a little less patience, a little more aggressiveness, uh, rising to the net on at the first opportunity, maybe rather than waiting. Maybe a little bit less grinding. You know, in terms of the transition. With someone like Jose Higueras, he believes in for many years now. He's believed in the all court game. You know, teaching all the skills, especially spending a lot of time on the net game, much more so than I've seen in any system, uh, like any system like, like Luis Bruguera's system. Luis Bruguera's system is heavily baseline oriented. And in fact, an interesting story in juxtaposition is when I talked to Jose, Jose Higueras about the Bruguera style, you know, Jose coached Sergi for one year one year plus or minus some change and jose told me some stories about it, how it was really hard for him in the dynamic with him and luis the father luis is also sergi's coach so it was it was a difficult relationship that they, they i guess they butted heads a little bit and that jose said that sergi could have been a lot better player you know, sergi topped out at number three in the world 
and he won he won Roland Garros twice, and he was a great Spanish champion. But Jose Higueras always told me that he felt that Sergi could have been a lot better. Believe it or not, he felt he could have improved his court position better. He felt that he could have gone forward to the net and he could rise to the net better. He said his volleys were actually very good. He had very good hands that you didn't see that much because of his court position, the way he played. If you look at old tapes of Sergi, you know he he tended to hang he tended to hang back a lot and pummel people with his ground strokes. But I think Jose intimated that he could have gotten more output out of Sergi, better results, maybe better results on all surfaces as well, instead of just being such a clay court beast that he was that he could have gotten a little more out of Sergi if uh, Luis had let him work more on the complete game, maybe taking the ball earlier and, and, and spending more time on the volley. Uh, I just thought that's a very interesting story because it highlights the difference between sort of the classic baseline-oriented system, of the Bruguera system in Spain, that lineage, that that uh, methodology, in my in my view, as, as objectively as I can explain it to you guys, it is uh, very, uh, less focused on the volley versus someone like Tony Nadal or Jose Higueras, who are, I think have evolved and are teaching a lot more all-court, a lot more complete game. Uh, their systems, are their, their philosophy is much more complete game oriented. And, and, and Higueras especially... Um, is someone who spends a lot of time on the volley, just in terms of quantity of training. You know, maybe you can spend 50, 60% of the time uh, with players on the volley. You would never see that in the typical Bruguera style. And most traditional Spanish programs would never spend that much time on the volley. The volley is typically, you know, just, just an afterthought, just a small percentage of the weekly training workload. Hey, what's up, uh, guys? I see I got some nice waves here from old friends, and I do apologize for missing you last night. We we lost power, so uh, I didn't uh, bail on you guys. We just got disconnected, so we're just finishing up the show. Chris, Joe, we're just finishing up the show. Thanks for tuning in again. Appreciate the support. And I thought we'd just, you know, just kind of review the volley. You have some different styles and trends in Spain. You have the should I call it old school? I'll call it classical. The traditional Spanish approach, which has always been a heck of a lot of baseline work and a little bit of volley. If you go back even a little further, probably you're just going to come uh, to the net. It's the only time you're going to come to the net is uh, when you shake hands. You know, you, people used to make fun of Spanish players back in the day and say, you know, the Spanish players only come to net to shake hands at the end of the match. And that is something that is evolving. I, it's changing because now you have, well, you always had the system of Pato Alvarez, which was very all-court oriented. So Pato Alvarez was maybe way ahead of his time in terms of spending a good amount of, of the practice on the volley and the transition. But you have many new generation coaches in Spain. You have coaches like, uh, you know, Pato uh, Tony Nadal and Jose Higueras and, and the young, younger coaches coming up who all see the game more 
complete, more all-court. They want their players to be complete. They want their players to have excellent volleys and, and transitional skills. And that becomes also more part of their strategy to strike a little earlier rather than than being ultra grinders. You know, you don't see as many Spanish players now who are just, you know, 10 feet behind the baseline, grinding topspin balls, kind of the way Bjorn Borg used to play. That style is is fading a little in Spain. And the emphasis now more and more is being complete, being able to take the ball on the rise. A great example of that is most of the Spanish academies, they train 50% of the time on hard courts. They play on faster courts. They want to be successful on multiple surfaces. Part of that is being more complete. So Jose Higueras gets that. Tony Nadal gets that. I don't know if Luis Bruguera gets that. Luis is a genius. I learned so much from Luis, but I, I, I think he probably could... Uh, get his players a little more uh, taking the ball a little earlier and he could encourage his players to finish more forward. You know, I, I don't know if he would agree. He, he'd probably argue with me about that, but but I, I think that that's definitely uh, the case. Pato Alvarez has always had a strong emphasis on, as, and he's, he's an older coach, very old coach now, always had an emphasis on good volley, good complete all-around game. His system is designed to build, uh, you know, all three zones of the court. The Pato Alvarez system is the three zones: baseline, mid court, net game. So he he's always been that way. So you have these powerful leaders in the coaching world in Spain, and and I think to understand uh, to understand the volley, the Spanish way, you have to understand the individual coaches, the leaders who set the trend, who set the stage the the role models for all the other coaches and and players and and the players themselves too as as the spanish players start to go to the net more and demonstrate their complete games as professional spanish players uh, approach and volley more and strike a little earlier you'll see that that become part of the teaching system across the country because other coaches and players they they the coaches copy that and the players also roll uh they model their favorite player on tour nadal coming forward and volleying demonstrating great volleys you know people notice that the spanish coaches notice that spanish kids notice that and they say hey i'm gonna make sure my volleys are good so guys uh, next week we're gonna do another show on the volley and it's going to be a little more technical, so I want to talk about how I, I like to build the volley, how what I see as the, the, the important technical parameters, the uh, what you need to develop a world-class uh, volley from a technical perspective. So this show was sort of an appetizer. This show, episode 48, we, we got to talk about one of my favorite subjects, Spanish tennis and in the context of the volley in the context of Spanish tennis. I hope you got a sort of a sense of the perspective, the philosophy, the principles that 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 the typical Spanish coach uses to develop the volleys uh, when developing the volleys and and hope you can understand how the way most Spanish coaches see the volley, they see it in the context of baseline play, big forehand, and then the simple volley. Uh, less less so than they don't see it like pressuring. They don't see it like I'm going to go as much as I can. I'm going to rush and crush. I'm going to attack whenever I can. 
and smother the net and apply pressure that way. They don't see the game that way. The way they see it is, is baseline, maybe defending and then attacking, attacking usually with the forehand, setting up that simple put-away volley, and they tend to train all the drills that way rather than uh, just attacking. That's a very just popped in my mind, but very big difference between uh, most Spanish systems, they do a defensive shot before the offensive shot. So that gives you a sense of where the mindset is. There's a defensive shot before the player's allowed to attack and then move to the net. And in most other systems where I've studied, most other countries I've been to studying different academies, how do they do it? How do, how do you normally teach the approach and volley? You give the player a short ball, right? They get the attack shot, and then they go to volley. But a lot of the Spanish style is, is always some defense, some consistency first, because that's the priority in Spain. You have to be solid. And then once you have that, a little defense, a little grinding, now you can come forward. And when you come forward, you set up that simple put-away volley above your waist and between your, you know, between your hip and shoulders. That's the Spanish conceptualization of the volley. So I hope you guys can get uh, some understanding of that. Uh, I tried to describe it as best I could. Uh, it's different than definitely the way some other coaches build the volley. You know, they, they might start players at the net and they might do everything wham, bam, like one, two shot combinations, uh, short attention span. They tell players to go to the net as soon as possible and maybe another big difference is a lot of coaches will from other systems other countries will say when you go to net you're on the advantage it's your advantage and in spain i don't think the coaches would always say that they say you when you go to the net after building and constructing the point well behind a big shot like a big forehand it's to your advantage but if you don't go to net responsibly I'm sure Jose Higueras would agree, and most Spanish coaches would agree. If you don't go to net responsibly, the net is actually a very dangerous place. The net is actually a place where you can lose a lot of points quite quickly. You make yourself very vulnerable when you go to net. And that, and I've written about this in many articles, is, I think, the missing message in the U.S., in, in other countries where I've traveled, other, I've studied with some other great coaches. They don't ever mention that dark side of the net they always say the net is a good place for you to go the net is always good because it implies pressure but pressure uh, some pressure doesn't always work nowadays in today's game you know guys are passing shot artists and you can lose a lot of points quickly at the net just as much as you can win them so i think that is the missing message that that you can if you want to take one if you want to get one takeaway from volleying the Spanish way, it's be responsible and know that the net is not always to your advantage. The net, I, like I tell my students, is like a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. You go to net, and if you're not responsible when you go to net, you're going to get burned. You're going to lose a lot of points, especially if you play a guy or a girl who's got great passing shots. Imagine playing Nadal or Djokovic. Man, you got to come to net behind something really good. You got to structure that point really well to effectively win at the net. That's why sometimes when a player comes to me and they say, 
Chris, I don't volley good. I lose a lot of points at the net. Well, most coaches will try to work on their volley, but sometimes I put the player at the net and they volley to me and I say, wow, this kid got very good volleys. And then I know it's not their volleys. It's the way they set up the volley. It's the decision that they made. They weren't responsible. They weren't uh, selective enough with their approach shot. And then that makes their volley much worse because if you get an easy volley above your waist, uh, around your shoulder, chest height, you're going to win most of the points at the net. But if you're approaching the wrong way, bad decision, you're going to get lots of passing shots at your feet. You're going to get volleys stretched, volleys uh, that are difficult. And then what happens to your winning percentage at the net? It goes down. It, it maybe drops below 50%. So I think a Spanish coach really wants to see a high percentage success rate at the net. I'm talking 60 70% success rate. And if you look at the stats, look at the analytics for guys like Nadal and other Spanish players, it, the, the success rate is usually quite high because of the way they structure and, and build their points and the smart decision-making that they make uh, when moving forward, when rising. So, guys, hope you appreciate this insight into the Spanish net game, the Spanish volley, how to do it. And next week, let's go over some of the technical parameters for the volley you're not going to learn too much technique in Spain. As I've told you, Spain is not known for their technical prowess, their technical detail. So we'll get a little more uh, Israeli or Eastern European here. And, and let's get down to the details of the, of the volley next week. We'll talk maybe a little bit about the grips, about the, you know, what the body positions and the mechanical, biomechanical elements. That'll be a different type of show. And that'll make a nice two-part, kind of like a two-set CD, uh, you know, CD package here, like a, a two, two part deal here, a little Spanish philosophy. And then next week technique guys was, uh, a great pleasure. I am sorry for the power outage. If you were with me last night, please forgive me. Sometimes it happens when you live in the mountains in Vermont, but, uh, it was a great show. I look forward to seeing you guys soon if you're able to come up to train with me please let me know uh, a lot of players coming up for the december holiday uh, to do some serious training 25 hours a week with chris 25 hours guys so if you want to come train but i hope you're ready because that is a lot of hard work with me can you survive 25 hours a week with me that's the question all right I'll see you guys next time adios we hope you enjoyed the program. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and recommend the show to your friends. We greatly appreciate your likes and shares. Thank you for your support of the show and for helping us grow our audience. If you would like to train with Chris, please visit chrislewitt.com for more info. You can also join Chris's online school, clta.teachable.com, and follow his blog at prodigymaker.com. A reminder that all show archives can be found at youtube.com forward slash chrislewitt, and the show can be watched live on Facebook. Just search Chris Lewitt on Facebook to join the show. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Vamos.